Hello, residents of Meeple Town. This is Dean. Darren Hogwarts. And today we're continuing we are continuing on with our top 50 board games, looking at 30 through 21. So thanks for joining us as we seek to build community through board gaming. This is episode 141. Residents of Meepletown, happy back to Hogwarts Day. Did you know this was a thing? That on September 1st, this is the day that we're actually recording this. Mm. September 1st is the day that all the potential wizarding and, and witch students load up on the Hogwarts Express and they travel back to Hogwarts. So happy back to Hogwarts Day. Dean, did I you- did know this. <laughs> did you? I did, but honestly, I didn't know today was that day. Today and is that day. I'm surprised my wife didn't say anything. We were kind of rushing to get out the door this morning, so maybe that's why. But yeah, yep. I'm happy, I'm, happy. Also, not just back to Hogwarts Day, but also Disney Lorcana Day. Ah, happy Disney Lorcana Day. The bells were ringing for that one. <laughs> that's right. Those were the uh, the bells from the Hunchback. I'm assuming Notre Dame <laughs> bells were ringing to chime in Disney Lorcana Day. How appropriate. <laughs> Oh, well, Meeple Town, we got a lot going on in the uh, in the in the villages this this weekend. We and do. So we are we're jumping into this episode with the hopes that we will not banter super long, that we're, we're not even going to talk about games we've been playing lately because we just want to talk about our top list so that I can get away and go play games. That's and right. Golf and play games. <laughs> because actually. you're not going to Hogwarts. You're going to Mancation, right? I'm going to Mancation, which this year is in Georgia. <laughs> Do you not know you're leaving in like two hours? You I, leave, <laughs> I leave in a couple hours and I'm not driving this time. I'm riding oh. with somebody, so I haven't even looked up the address. There's no telling where so, you may end up, man. That's a frightening thought. I do know we're going to Sewanee to play some golf. That's in Tennessee. Sewanee. And then we're going to golf somewhere else tomorrow in... I would assume Georgia, somewhere in the Chattanooga <laughs> area, I believe. We're just gonna it's d- got to be, right? Yeah, Sewanee's on the way. Yes, Chattanooga yes. area will be in Georgia. <laughs> wow. That was that was something. Swanee, if you're if you're in Tennessee by the way, uh Swanee is a is a college here. It's beautiful. That land, that campus, all of it is really pretty and supposedly the golf course that we're playing on is one of the nicest in the state. And it's not super expensive. It's only a nine-hole course. Hmm. Uh, we've got some buddies going up there. They're going to play nine. And then we're going to join them for the second nine. They're just going to play through it again. Gotcha. That's nice of them. Yeah. You a golfer, Darren? I am not. I'll play disc golf on occasion. But I've tried hmm. I, I've tried golfing. And I think the last time I played, um, it was on like the first tee. And I go to drive the ball in the fairway. And I end up hitting the ball at a right angle. Like, like not oh, no. towards the fairway, but directly <laughs> towards the hole across the body of water. And so these two guys are trying to putt on the green and they're jumping over my ball that comes skipping through there. And I thought, you know, golf is not my game. It's a shame because you are not a short man. <laughs> you are quite tall. And you're athletic. I I bet you could crush a golf ball if you if you put your put your mind to it. Maybe if somebody you'd be really me. good at golf. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. You don't want me to teach you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to teach me board games, much less golf. <laughs> Come on. 
Maybe a board game about golf. Maybe I could do that. <laughs> how about how about you tell me about your top fifty games? Well, yes. specifically yeah. your top thirty through twenty one. That's right. Remember that time I said we're just going to jump right into it and not get into a lot of banter. We, if we let ourselves, we'll go down that path. But we're not going to. I'm going to talk about my number thirty. And uh, welcome to you, uh, YouTubers out there. We are glad you're here. And welcome, podcast people. We're glad you're here as well. Just know that we're going to get back to regular scheduling at some point. Uh, getting more and more questions. Also, getting a lot of requests for Johnny Meepletown to join us for the top ten. I'm working on it. So bring it, Johnny. Get, you know, you know, hundreds of people to send messages to bring back Johnny for that episode. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But today we're talking about our thirty through twenty-one. My number thirty is a game that you've heard me talk about more recently. This is a, a more recent release, 2021, from Garfield Games, Renegade Games, designed by Bobby Hill. That is Hadrian's Wall. In Hadrian's Wall, this is a... Uh, it's a writing game. It's not a roll and write. It's not even really a flip and write, even though you do flip over a card and you get your resources or whatever. It's really just taking all these resources that you get and then you know, spending them, marking spots on your sheet. This is a, uh, I say a big game. It's not in the, it's a thinkier game in this genre. A lot of those writing games, you don't really have to think as much as you do in this one. But this one, there's lots of different options. You have your board on the side where you're building up this wall. And the other side of the board is really where the variety comes because there's lots of different paths that you can take with the meeples that you're going to spend uh, to be able to mark those spots on the board. So I've really come to enjoy this one a lot. A lot of people play this one solo, including myself. It is a fun game even with people, but it is mostly a solo experience either way. There, there's a little bit of interaction, but it's not really a whole lot at all. And so it doesn't change much when you are playing solo. That is Hadrian's Wall, my number 30. I can't remember. Have you played this one? I, I introduced this to John right before he came off, but I remember you you talking about this one in the past. I have not played this one. Uh, I do love Garfield games, but this looks like homework to me, man. This is oh no, <laughs> Roland Wrights are not typically my my jam, but uh, this is a lot. My brain's too tired to even think about playing something like this. Yeah, it's really just a, a fun exploration game, I think, because again, you you just get all these meeples, and then it's. Yeah. You know, the games I don't often like, this has all of those things. It's like you do this thing to trigger this other thing that triggers this thing. There's a lot of that. But I guess it just feels a lot smoother than some of those games do. So, I, gotcha. yeah, I don't know. This is a game that shouldn't be one that I like, but I do. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's 150 overall, by the way. And I would imagine that's still rising is my guess. It's a it's a good one. Well, it, it is still rising because as I look at the page right now, it says it's 149 overall. So Is that right? That is right. Oh, that's funny. These were loaded up last night. Uh-huh. Yep. It's already gone so up one. So it has one. gone up one spot since last night. <laughs> it's rising. It's going to go up a lot more after this episode. Oh, no question. You are sowing the seeds, my friend. Um, well, I'm glad you like that one. This is My number 30 is one that I think you should like as well. This is a 2018 game. From Simone Luciani and Nestor Mangoni. The art is by Clemens Franz and the publisher is Cranio Creation. 
This is number 375 overall. Do you know what this one is? No, you don't. This is Newton. <laughs> oh, this is Newton. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in Newton, you are a young scientist trying to be one of the great geniuses of the scientific um, revolution, not resolution, revolution. Um, This is a action retrieval deck building tile placement game where you're playing action cards and putting them down on your player board. And each card has like some basic actions and some special action icons on it. And depending on how many icons you have on your board, which they call your desk, uh, determines the strength of that particular action that you're taking. And so some of the actions you can take are things like the work action, which is where you're moving your marker along a track, which gives you bonuses. And then you have a technology action, which helps you move your student workers, your little wooden meeples, little student workers along a technology track, uh, which lets you gain other bonuses and money and even other students. And then you've got a lesson action that you can take, which helps you add more cards to your hand. And then you've got a study action, which lets you add book tiles to the library that's on your player board. And then you have this joker action, which is basically just a wild action. And so you're playing these cards down, you're taking the actions, you're moving your people around, you're moving things up and down tracks. There's tracks and tracks and tracks. And one of the neat part of this game that I I really enjoy is that at the end of the round, you look at your played cards that you have put out, but you you have to leave one of them behind. You pick up all the rest of them, but you have to leave one of them behind, taking it up underneath your board. And that icon that's left becomes like this lasting icon that you will always have in future rounds but you lose the ability to play the other part of that card. And so I don't know that the game, I find it a lot of fun. It makes me feel smarter, even though I have a hard time wrapping my mind around it. In some ways I feel even dumber having played it. Um, and I word you no points. I may God have mercy on your soul, <laughs> <laughs> but, but at the same time, it makes me want to play it and get better. Um, how do you feel about Newton? Is that, is that one you've played before has some experience with? <laughs> It used to be on your list. Uh, Is that what you're going to say? say I don't want to say it. I think it did. I think it did. When I first played it, I think it made the list that year. Yeah. I really like this one. In fact, I've been playing this one on Utah some, but part of it is when I play, when I play on the digital version online, sometimes that I haven't played in a while, Mm -hmm. I'll forget a lot of rules and I don't want to go back and read them. Yeah. And so I'm just kind of fumbling through it. That's where I'm at with that game. But I have very fond memories of that game and it was, um, it was a lot of fun when I when I played it, and it was one that really kind of shocked me because that's not always my jam. So yeah, that's yeah, really good. The, the rule book is a little challenging. I remember um, what's the YouTube channel of the guy? Is it Nithrandia? Nithrandio? I, I can see the page of it now. It's blue and white. I probably can't even spell it to look it up for you right now. But he has a great. I think that's the uh, armor from. Uh... <laughs> Lord of the Rings. It does sound similar to that. Either way, I want to say it's Nithrandia. Uh, either way, YouTube channel, the guy does an amazing job of teaching videos. And I think he may have the best teaching video for this one. If you're interested mm. in Newton, really explains it. It's a lot of fun. Makes your brain hurt and feel smarter. That is my number 30, Newton. Oh, and I forgot to mention, Mith- that was 375 overall, I think. I don't think I said that. Oh, I think you said that. Okay. Myth, mithril. Mithril? Myth, myth, what is it? Oh, you punk. <laughs> you know, I got to look it up. <laughs> All right. My number 29 is a very different game than the, the heavier Euros that we've talked about so far. This is a two-player head-to-head skirmish game, card game, that is by Plaid Hat Games, Kobe Douch. It is Summoner Wars, specifically second edition. This one came out in 2021. The original one came out before that, <laughs> I don't remember. 
the date of that one. This one is ranked 413 overall. I'm guessing Summoner Wars is ranked probably higher than that, or maybe even the Master Set. I've owned a lot of this stuff in the past, but now I just have the second edition. In Summoner Wars, like I said, you're going head-to-head. I have my, my deck, you have your deck, and we will be putting out different, summoning different characters onto the board, and then attacking each other. The, 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 game, the card play, the movement, the attacking, all of it, especially in the second edition of this game, is really streamlined in a great way. Really simple to teach, but there's a lot of strategy going on. The, de- the decks feel very thematic and they feel very different. The different types of movements and the things that you can do to manipulate the board based on your, um, based on your deck is... is Pretty cool. I like it a lot. And and the object of the game is to knock out the other person's summoner. This is, a, I would say, an overall fairly quick game too. Although some games, especially depending on who you're playing with, they can last longer, I guess. It says 40 to 60 minutes, which is pretty accurate. But you can have some games even last longer or shorter than that. Again, just depending on the type of deck and, and who you're playing with. But it's been a big hit. I introduced this to my kids this year, and I think they've liked it too, but we haven't played it a ton yet. I, I want to explore more of this. Uh, yep, yeah, that is that's Summoner Wars, specifically the second edition of this one. And some people don't like it as much because it is. They might feel like it's too streamlined. It's exactly what I want in this type of game. So whatever, but you can find, I mean, in the in the secondary market you can find master set and the original one i'm sure pretty easy this looks fun i've i've not i've not ever played this one i've heard you talk about it i've heard um people on the dice tower uh particularly i want to say roy and tom talk about this one a lot i would i would definitely play this i don't i don't know a whole lot about it other than what y'all have said but uh hat games is always on my radar yeah. I, I i don't know you talked about dead of winter in the last episode mm-hmm. You know, one of my favorite games there, Mice and Mystics, uh, a lot of a lot of good games that they put out that I'm just always, uh, yeah, I, I'm always interested in them. I was really late to the game on this one, but Tom had this on his list from Dice Tower. That that's yeah. where I, I probably first heard about it. Um, uh, actually, I first heard about it from the uh, Plat Hat Games podcast that I used to listen to. Oh, okay. Cool, but yeah, I highly recommend this one if you like those two-player skirmish, simpler skirmish games. At that one that you can play with kids if you wanted to, as long as they can read. There's a lot of reading on the cards. I say a lot. I mean, not that you're you know having to read a book or anything the whole game. It's it's pretty simple, but there's a decent amount of reading their abilities on your cards. Gotcha. No. Summoner Wars Second Edition, mine number twenty nine. And before I move on to my number 29, just to clarify, the name of the YouTube channel <laughs> is trying to reference is Nithrania. Oh I was so close. Nithrania. N-I-T-H-R-A-N-I-A. Nithrania. Uh, is that somebody's name or that's the... It's not his name. That's just what he goes by I, I, for the channel. I don't know the where it that's comes a, from. It's a pretty cool name. It is a cool name. And it's a really cool channel. So uh, check out his teaching videos. They're great. Especially for those heavy Euros. He does a good job of making it clean. But my number 29... Also, kind of a skirmish game. Um, Did you say making it clean? Making it clean, you know, clear, I guess I should say. Clear. Okay. Ma- making, I was uh, like, because unlike those other guys who make the dirty videos, <laughs> like Paul Grogan and <laughs> Rodney. Oh, gosh, that Rodney is his filthy videos. <laughs> no. Uh, making it clear, yes. he does a great job. 
My back to my number 29 and my skirmish segue. My number 29 is also skirmishy. Um, this was a big, I want to say Kickstarter. It was a, definitely a crowdfunding production. I want to say Kickstarter with lots of miniatures, lots of boxes and expansions and versions and different ways to play. This is Batman, the animated series, Shadow of the Bat by IDW Games. May they rest in peace. Um, this was a 2021 game designed by Kevin Walsh and Kevin Wilson and John Brieger. Uh, he, he did the solo version of this, which is how I kind of prefer to play it. But um, there's a plethora of artists on this. It plays one to five players, uh, six to 90 minutes. This may be the lowest overall of all of our games. I want to do some stats at the end of all this to see where our games ranked overall on BGG. This one is 3,551. Top that, Dean. I'm a whole I'm lot more. guessing that might be the lowest one. <laughs> I'm more hipster than you. So this is a dice chucking hand management miniature skirmish game that's part of the IDW's adventure system that, again, is no longer active, unfortunately. But this is based on the animated series, Batman animated series. And so there's 24 unique scenarios in the game that are all inspired by some of the fan favorite episodes. You can play it one versus many where the uh, the one is the the villains and they have a deck of cards they play where everybody else is chucking dice. You can play it fully co-op where everybody's chucking dice against an AI deck. You can play it solo in dark night mode, um, again, which is how I kind of prefer to play it. Um, but you can even play where the villains are the heroes and you can play as the villains and you're dice chucking and going through certain scenarios. In the game, you're basically rolling these three custom dice that you have. They've all got different various icons, action icons on them. Things like moving or melee attacks or range attacks or defense shields, whatever it may be. So you're rolling those and you're going to line them up out in front of your player board uh, just in a line. And whatever dice, whatever dice you put on the edges of that row are shared by your opponents. So if I put a batarang on the, on the far right side of my dice row, then the opponent to my or my my teammate to the right can also use that die. So he has that action as well. And so you can share some of the dice that you that you're um, that you're rolling and that you're putting out. You can rearrange some of the stuff. Everybody's a different character with different abilities. Um, it feels very unique. You've also got some cards you can play that, that can give you certain special actions. It really does a good job for, for a skirmish game, a tactical skirmish game. It does a good job of making you feel like you are going through the episodes of the animated series. And so if you're a fan of that, you'll recognize some of these. Um, you can also, of course, rewrite some of those episodes as you're going through here, whether you complete the task or not. Um, it's not the the clearest rule book by any stretch of the imagination, but um, if you can fight through some of that and go through some of the rules, it is a very thematic experience. Um, are you a fan of Batman the Animated Series? I was afraid you were going to ask me that. <laughs> you're uh, about to lose your cool card, aren't you? It's not that I don't like it. It's uh -huh. just I I don't remember watching it. It was one that I actually came to later in the game. I was in high school or, or college when it uh, was really big. I can remember working in an after-school care program and the kids watching it. But I also remember in between my classes when I was an undergrad there at MTSU, um, uh, my roommate and I, Brandon, who you, you know as well, uh, would sit yeah. there in between classes and watch Batman the animated series and the Animaniacs and whatever. So there's a lot of nostalgia um, to this for me as well, as well as being a good game. So, you know, I should have watched this because I, all th those other shows I watch, here's the thing, Darren, I don't love Batman. Ah, wow. <laughs> <We're> just... 
I really like the Dark Knight movies a lot. I think they're uh-huh. fantastic. Uh-huh. But the character of Batman just doesn't do it for me. Hmm. Interesting. Gotham. I enjoyed Gotham, the TV show. So you like dark, terrible, crime-ridden, filthy cities uh-huh. where no one's happy and everyone's miserable. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That that pretty much sums it up. I even <laughs> played the, the video game uh, on Xbox. It was on Xbox yeah. uh, Game Pass. And so I played that some a while back and I was like, this is cool. But it was really, really dark stuff. That's you know given the option not that you have to choose given the option between dc and marvel i, I choose marvel all day every no, day same batman but, go ahead yeah dark dark batman i guess does it but none of the silly cartoony stuff even no i'm just kidding because i hear really really good things about it this is um mark hamill is mm-hmm. the joker in this is that the same one okay. yeah 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 it's not as silly cartoony as you as you think it really does a i guess what some would say like uh, how clone wars and rebels have done some good job of some interesting storytelling, despite some of the cartoony nature of those series. I feel like Batman, the animated series did some of the same kind of stuff. Uh, again, I'm not a huge fan, but if I'm going to, if I'm going to dig on something DC, it'll be Batman just because he's, he's, he's a little more relatable than some of the others. Yeah. He's a billionaire or whatever, but he doesn't have any of the crazy special superhuman powers. And, um, to the way we're talking about the series. I prefer him to, I prefer him to Superman if that helps. Oh yeah. No question. <laughs> no question. But the, uh, the game itself, if you like things like, like Imperial Assault or, uh, or Gloomhaven, any kind of like tactical skirmish game, that's a little involved. Um, and if you like rolling dice, it can be fun. You play it with too many people. It gets a little convoluted, but solo or with two people, it can be a lot of fun. That is my number 29, Batman, the animated series shadow. I'm sorry. Let me say it correctly. Batman colon, the animated series, hyphen, Shadow of the Bat. It's a lot. The animated series Adventures, by the way. Did I leave off the word Adventures? Dash. I'm sorry. You did. God, there's so much. Do you so have much. all the stuff for this? I'm looking at I the do. Kickstarter. Ex- oh, I yeah. Have, That's a I lot of everything. good stuff. It is a lot of stuff. And uh, and again, IDW Games is no longer a thing. IDW is a thing, but not their gaming department. So this one may be harder to get a hold of. But yeah, it's pretty good. I'd be interested in, in trying this one, even though the the series doesn't you know it doesn't grab me but the game looks cool i i'll, I'll give that to you well there and you I like go. some good components that's a start you are shallow sorry about that meeple town you didn't know the difference because i paused it but i did have to step away for what was supposed to be a few minutes ended up being longer than that so <laughs> uh, it was just anyway. a few few hours no worries <laughs> all right we are looking at my number 28 which is a uh, let's see, ranked 208 overall. This one came out in 2013, but I didn't play this one until I think last year, and that is Nations. Nations is a civilization game, card-based civilization game, where you are going to be putting your cards out onto a tableau. Everybody has their own special abilities, uh, different starting resources and all that, and then you're basically putting the cards out there so you can get... Uh, points and and be the winner and it's it really is i i want a good civilization game i think this is a, a really good game it's not necessarily what i want to be the the pinnacle of civilization games but it does have that simplicity that i like you know there's through the ages which i think is a fun game too this one just it does it more for me because it it you know i'm, I'm a simple guy darren i like i like simple things <laughs> you that is not true <laughs> <laughs> and not that this is uh you know just a 
it, it, it is, I guess, kind of labeled a mid-weight to mid-heavy game, 3.55 weight. So it's not like a light game, but it's lighter than through the ages for a card-based civilization game. One that I've I've liked quite a bit. I've done some solo of this, but most of it has been uh, two, three-player games that I've played of it. Fun times. I almost didn't add this. It, it showed up on my list, you know, after doing the Pub Meeple. I almost considered either bumping this down or even off. But I just really like this game. It's just been a while since I've had a chance to play it. I'm like you, a lot of games. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the, the the dangers of this list. Is it just brings up all these different types of games. It makes you remember all the games you want to play and wish you had time to play. This is one yeah. I've not played, but I hear I've heard lots of other people talk about it. I'm always looking for a good civilization game that doesn't break my brain, but um, mm-hmm but brings a lot of fun to the table. So yeah, I'm, I'm curious. We just add this to the list of, of games that we need to get together and play at some point. Well, so far it's like 30 games and we've <laughs> only gone through 20. So well, and the fact that we live in different <laughs> cities won't make that challenging at all. I'm sure we could do all yeah. that in a weekend or something. That's true. <laughs> My number 28 nations. My number 28 uh, also has to do with the building of nations, but ancient nations. This is Origins, First Builders, a twenty twenty one game designed by one of my board, one of my game design heroes, Adam Kapinski, and uh, has a subtle design by David Turtsey. And uh, the art is by, I'm so going to mess this up, uh, Zbigniew M. Gelter and Alexander Zawanda, uh, published by Board and Dice, one to four players, 60 to 120 minutes. This is another deep cut, sort of 2,195 overall. So we're going, we're going deep into the BGG. Um, to find some of these, but I, I love them. This is, if you do not know, a dice worker placement, drafting, dice worker placement and drafting. Yeah, yeah. Um, also tile placement. And of course it is set in a very historically accurate time period when the aliens did come down to help us build our civilizations many, many years ago. So everyone starts with a couple of different colored dice. And uh, the main way you're taking actions in this game is that you're placing a die on the main board with at one of the different colored, I guess, motherships that are on the board. And there's this little plastic ship that rotates and it, they all, it has pip values all the way around it. And so every time you you visit a mothership with your die, uh, it will increase the required pip value for the next visitor to come to that ship. And then um, each ship has several actions you can take. You can take one of those. But if your die, uh, if the color of your die matches the color of the, the ship that you visit, then you get to take a bonus action. And so it's here when you're taking these actions, you can, um, um, you're going to find ways to, well, I I take that back. Once you use your die to take an action, you also increase its pip value. And so uh, when one of your die hits six, then you have to retire that die and it goes to your player board. And then your Archon, which is kind of like your Grande worker in a sense, uh, if you're familiar with Viticulture. Uh, your Archon then, which is sort of like a wild worker, it then also takes on the color of that die you retired. Um, so yeah, so that's, there's a lot going on in this game. Um, you have some <laughs> die, <laughs> you have you have these die actions that you're taking that you're going to gain resources with. Um, these little terrible token <laughs> resources, they're awful. They all look alike. They're bad quality, board and dice. It's like the one thing I had to complain about this game. Uh, the tokens are terrible. But also yeah. it's part of the game. You're moving up military tracks for bonuses. You're moving up these Zodiac tracks for special abilities that you're competing for back and forth throughout the game. You're building city tiles, almost kind of like a suburbia 
um, kind of deal, kind of look where um, you lay these tiles down in like a little city grid and you can take their actions. And then later on, you can even reactivate some of the colored tiles there by moving one of your die uh, to sort of like the seat of power for that city when you, when you complete it. Uh, again, a lot going on, very abstract, but the things that you're doing do sound like what you were doing if you were building up a civilization with the help of otherworldly visitors, just like in real life. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so according origin. to history, <laughs> this is the Anunnaki when they came. And no, um, you've played Origins, right? Yeah, we actually did a video on this uh, oh, back, that's in the, right. back in the that's day when right. John was still I do remember that. still okay. doing this. Uh, and so I got the copy of this. John, I liked it much better than John, so I ended up with it. This is nice. a really good game. I'm you know, I, I've really had a hankering to play this one, too. We need to add this to the list. <laughs> Throw it on the pile. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, I, yeah. I have a hankering to play this yeah. game. This does, I feel like, um, it's like if Adam Kapinski did a tea game, that's what this one would be. I'm actually more interested in this than many of the other tea games that Borden Dice does. Uh, so, yeah, so if you like that vein of game, yeah, check out My Number 28 Origins, First Builders. Great pick. My number 27 is a 2002 release, been on my list for a long time, although it was in the top 10 most of the years that I've done this list, I feel like. It just dropped down. Puerto Rico. It is an Andreas uh, Seafarth game, and I've got this really cool version of it that I made. Spent a lot of time putting, making all these wood pieces to it. Typically, I take it with me to Mancation, although I don't know if it's going to make it this year just because I don't, I feel like I brought it last year. We didn't play it. And there's other games that we, the group wants to play like Godfather over and over again. So uh, in this game, it's action selection. I choose an action and I get a bonus with that action and everyone else gets to take the action as well, but you just don't get the bonus that I do. But it's a lot of, it's a lot of. Um, kind of waiting things out, standoff type things. Like, you know, I, we all need to take this action, but who's going to take it? Because then you're setting somebody else up for the action that they're going to take on their turn. It really can be a frustrating experience for somebody who's new that plays with a lot of experienced players because sometimes there's the optimal optimal move and you might not know that. And so uh, that hasn't really been my experience because typically I play not as a jerk, but also you know, with people that have played this game a decent amount. The app version of this one is really fun too. Really, really good game for me. That is Puerto Rico. They did a a new version of this as well that did uh, a horrible job in the production from what I see. Uh, Actually, I think John picked that up, if I remember right, or or was thinking about it, the new version. And I mean, there is no other way to say it than they just botched it. I mean, they really, really dropped the ball and then stepped on it. Yeah, and yeah. it was made of glass, so it broke. <laughs> it's kind of a shame. I, I've heard some rumors that they are fixing some of those production issues, and I hope that they do because I do like the fact that they redid it with uh, like Jason Perez, who worked as a cultural consultant, uh, who is from Puerto Rico, and they removed some of the problematic some of the problematic problematic colonization um, themes and aspects of the game. And so this would be one that I didn't really have an interest in the original one, but now that it's kind of been cleaned up. Um, well, at least from a thematic standpoint, maybe maybe not the production, but I would like to play it once I get that sorted out because I do like that kind of follow the leader um, mechanism, like you see in Race for the Galaxy and those types of games. So, um, yeah, I think in some ways it makes it even worse 
that you do this, you know, you get somebody to come help you and then you don't, I mean, I know, I know. you know, and I mean, it's pieces left out of the box yeah. and bless their hearts. Yeah. Uh, just a big, big old mess is what yeah. I've heard. Yeah. So anyway, Puerto Rico, if all that does get taken care of and all of the problematic pieces are taken care of as well, which I've got the old version that's very problematic, yeah. I would say. But the gameplay itself is is really well done. Fantastic. That is Puerto Rico, my number 27. My number 27 is um, another one that received a lot of, of attention, especially in 2020, for various reasons. One, because there was a movie about it coming out. Two, there were other games that had similar mechanisms coming out around the same time, whether in retail or on Kickstarter. This is Dune Imperium. Again, a 2020 game. You've already talked about this. This is uh, my first crossover with you. So I won't say a whole lot um, about it since we talked about it last week, I think, right? Uh, yeah. The last episode. Right. Yeah. So again, designed by uh, Paul Denon, published by Dire Wolf, one of the four players. 620 minutes. Number eight overall. I don't know if it was number eight last week when you said it. <laughs> it, may have, it may have risen some more or dropped. But it, it, as of last night, it was number eight. Um, again, deck building, worker placement. I love the whole Dune vibe of this game with its alliances, uh, with the other factions that you can form. The the in-game cards that you mentioned that your, your opponent did not really enjoy last time, they can be really sneaky but I, I do enjoy part of that betrayal aspect that can come of it. The, the conflict is fun. The, the story that these games tell, I think, are really, really interesting. Um, I know something we didn't maybe mention a whole lot last week was the fact that there are two expansions for this, Rise of Ix and Immortality. I have them both. I've only played with the Rise of Ix expansion. I wouldn't say that it's necessary for someone to own, but I would not play without it if I didn't have to. Uh, Because I think once you've played it, Mm. once you've played with it, it's hard to go back because it adds uh, a tech track, which gives you some good stuff. It covers up some of the more basic parts of the board. Um, It adds some dreadnoughts to to the combat, which are phenomenal because one, they can help you control parts of other people's cities. And when you put them in combat, if you lose, you don't lose those pieces to have to come back out. They just always kind of stay in your supply of, of troops and things that you can use. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, looking forward to playing the Immortality expansion eventually. And of course, the upcoming standalone game that's coming out in the Dune universe, Dune Imperium Uprising. That'll be out sometime mm. this fall. Looking forward to to that. But yeah, Dune Imperium. You have anything more to say about that? Or are we going to move on? Let's move on. All right. Speaking my number 27, of... Dune Imperium. <laughs> <laughs> Which is number eight overall in the world of board gaming. And speaking of that, I'm looking at the number seven game overall. Do you know what that is at the top of your head? Ark Nova. No, that was uh, number number four. four. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. I got no clue. So this one is uh, maybe, I know Darren loves this game very, very much. It is Gloomhaven, specifically Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. That's right. That's right. Okay. Excellent pick. This is Isaac Childress game, and this came out, and uh, again, looking at the Jaws of the Lion came out in 2020. The reason why I picked this one over is because I like the system that it's in that is in place for this one, where it eases you into the game instead of Gloomhaven just chunking everything at you, <laughs> right. uh, which is fine, which is fine, especially if you're like Darren and you're able to play through the entire game, then, you know, why not just throw it all at you and you'll right. you'll, you'll get it. By the 20th game. I guess. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so I really like this system. 
and I like dungeon crawlers. I like the, um, you know, the, the, the paths that you get to choose, the choices you get to make, the situations that come up, all of that. It makes me really want to dive into Gloomhaven more than I have, but I just don't have the group to do that right now. Here's my hope is that my kids will want to do this, but my hunch is there is a game that's going to sneak in here and it's going to take over this spot at some point because if I can get my kids to play this other game, then I would imagine I'll, I'll like it better, not because it's a better game necessarily, although it's really good, it's just because it's more approachable than Gloomhaven. You mean Frosthaven? Is that the game you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> is Frosthaven more approachable than Gloomhaven? Uh, yeah, I would teach it to my 10-year-old. Okay. No, I'm lying. Okay. I'm, that's an absolute right. lie. There's no. <laughs> I assume that was a lie, but also I was going to go with it because uh, there's no truth in I, that. I, this other game is is even lighter. I've not talked about this other one. Right. I'm just going to mention it briefly because you will hear me talk about it in the weeks to come. Uh, we got a review copy of uh, Tales from the Red Dragon Inn, and that one is a really good game. Really good. It, it's getting a lot of good reviews anyway, yeah. but. Oh, it's it's cool. Uh, I'm digging it. Yeah, that's cool. That's all I'm going to say about that. Gloomhaven's that's a great all I got pick. To say about way. that, <laughs> <laughs> which is my actual pick, number twenty six, Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. My number twenty six is my second crossover with you. Uh, so again, I won't be saying a whole lot about that one. How about this? Two crossovers in a row. This is boom <laughs> from the Good Doctor, Reiner Knizia. This is raw. Uh, again, originally 1999, this is the 25th century version that I'm talking about, um, which came out this year. And artist Ian O'Toole, two to five player, number 161 overall. Uh, again, auction, pressure luck game, set collection, simple rules, lots of depth. Trying to, I love the, the, the thematic of this, you're, the theme of this. You're trying to increase your power and fame by influencing pharaohs and building monuments and Farming on the Nile and paying homage to the gods and advancing the technology and the culture of your people, all done through the very thematic mechanisms of drawing tiles from a bag and adding them to an auction <laughs> row or invoking Ra with this ginormous wooden wood hunk and um, in which you start the auction. Again, love how you never know when this round is going to end, depending on what tiles you pull out and how the, the raw piece moves across the board. I love the different, the use of the different valued sun disc uh, as your bidding tokens and just the thinking and the strategy that goes on with that between you and the other players. Just the mind games that ensue in this. Raw is a gem. And I don't know if you want to explore this anymore or not, but my number 26 is Raw. Yeah, I replaced some of the pieces in this game. The uh, I got rid of that wooden block because I needed a doorstop <laughs> and then I needed something to uh, put my to put my car on blocks and so i use yeah, that to hold my car up it is, instead. It is massive yes it's so good, <laughs> great though. production great game i was yeah. considering that being one of the ones that i bring this weekend as well and i still haven't packed all the games and so i'm actually kind of considering that modern art or amun ray can't make the decision yet modern art probably makes the most sense but they're also easy to teach, even though I don't know about Almond Ray. That one's coming in the mail today, by the way. I'm super pumped about Boom. trying to mess with that this weekend. So I can't speak for that. But the other two, they're so easy to teach. And the production is so great. It feels like a great 
situation for this, but they are also bigger boxes. So it's hard to travel with sometimes. So, yeah. And that's uh, kind of what I was thinking too. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I'm going to get these other games packed up and see where we're at. Yep. Good luck with that. that. Is but that's my number 26 two. raw. <laughs> Don't be taking my thunder. Uh, sorry. I stole it from you. My number 25 game is a game that I would imagine. Actually, I would, I would bet money that my last one and this one will be much higher on Darren's list is my guess. Hmm. We'll see. This is a restoration games game. Came out in 2019. Ooh. I know that Darren loves restoration games, so it could be any of the games that they make. Hmm. This one is Rob Davio, Justin Jacobson, Unmatched System. Terrible. I'm just gonna game. say the Unmatched System. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know this for sure if it's gonna be <laughs> higher on your list, but that's that's my hunch. This is a head to head game or head to head to head potentially head to head versus to head, head, to head. head. <laughs> yeah lots of heads <laughs> lots of there. different that's a lot of different ways to play this typically for <laughs> me it's a two-player game that i'm playing where you are uh, you are a character or characters with a uh, pre-constructed deck of cards and you're going around battling each other until you can take their hero out. The cool thing about this is there's so many combinations of different types of characters that you can play. More recently, I've been playing the Marvel ones, and I really enjoy those. I think those might be some of your favorite ones, too. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Excuse me. Um, the Cobble and Fog, I think, is really... I, I'm not even... All of them. They're all fun that I've played with. And I don't own everything for this game. That's a cool thing, too, is because there's so many sets, you can skip the ones that you don't necessarily have a, a huge connection with and and be totally fine you're not really missing out apparently they're done with the marvel at least for now right and we're going to start seeing a new ip coming out and there's all kinds of guesses that are out there but it's i don't believe that they've announced it yet yeah have you, have you heard any rumors or anything i have not uh, no, I, I know there are a lot of people that are calling for Mortal Kombat and and Ninja Turtles was another one that I saw. Th- this that wasn't was a rumor. This was a a lot of people. A lot mm. of people want Mortal Kombat. I like Mortal Kombat as much as the next guy. Well, obviously not. In the words of, <laughs> in the words of uh, uh, Billy Madison, Mortal Kombat and the Sega Genesis <laughs> is the greatest game of all time. It was good. Yeah, that's... No, no, no. That was the kid. No, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I butchered it. I butchered it. He says, the kid in the lunchroom says, Mortal Kombat and the Sega Genesis is the best game of all time. He says, I disagree. It's a very good game, but I think Donkey Kong is the best game. <laughs> that's right. Donkey Kong sucks. Okay, sorry. <laughs> all that to say, I really like Unmatched. Love that system. And I can't wait to see what else comes out in the future. I hope it's Star Wars. Is that I mean, the rumor you're hearing? No, no, no. I just hope it is. You heard it because, here, folks. You know, it's 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 restoring the Star Wars Epic Duel, you know, yes. game, and yeah. so it would be, I think, amazing to go back since they already have like Marvel, some other Disney licenses. It'd be great to go back and bring some Star Wars into it. That's my hope because that would be a blast. It would be a blast. I want to see some of the big name characters. You know, sometimes when these games come out, it's like, hey, let's do these deep cuts because people want that. Yeah. For this game, I want the big names. I want Luke, I want Vader, I want Han, I want Chewie, Boba Fett. You know, yeah. give me, let's go big time. Yeah. Yep. Totally agree with that. But that's unmatched. That's my number 25. Very Five. Nice. Yeah, 25 unmatched, all of them. So <laughs> so far your counting has been a lot better in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> my number 25. Um, see, when I think about unmatched, I think of some really epic 
characters and epic storytelling that can go on uh, in that game. My number 25 is also, I think, an epic storytelling game. This is The Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle-Earth, released in 2019 by uh, FFG, designed by Nathan Hedgick and Grace Holdinghouse. Uh, One to five players, 60 to 120 minutes, 108 overall. Again, if you don't know, this is an app-driven co-op campaign game, much in the vein of Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition, if you've if you've played that or have any experience with that. Uh, you've got these miniatures of characters from the Lord of the Rings stories, and you're, you're exploring tiles and scouting landscapes and engaging with other characters and attacking enemies, all this from the, the lore of Lord of the Rings. It has a little bit of an RPG feel. You have a character board with starting stats and abilities, and along with some starting items and a small deck of action cards that you'll use um, you'll also choose a role uh, in the app uh, that will kind of define your character, like you'll be a hunter or a burglar or a pathfinder, you know, whatever. And so over the course of the game, you're going to add more cards and action abilities to your deck, and you'll also use those to do some skill checks uh, throughout the game, like you would like an RPG. But instead of rolling dice, uh, you will draw cards according to your strength in that particular skill. So if you're doing like a... Um, uh, a might check or something, and you have a might of three, then you're going to draw three cards from your deck and you are looking for success icons in the top left corner of those cards to determine whether or not you are successful. Uh, you can also uh, accrue some inspiration tokens throughout the course of the game that you can use to kind of replace or add to your success count. Uh, just really like these types of games and, and the card system that's here. It differs from the dice system that you see and something like I mentioned to Madness, really love the cards here. Love the IP, though I am not a fanatic about Lord of the Rings in any shape, form, or fashion. But I do really like it. Um, and I also like the fact that this is not like a retelling of the stories or the books or the movies. This is kind of your own adventure in that world. And so I think that adds a lot of something to it, at least for for me. Are you a uh, Journeys in Middle Earth fan, Dean Arino? Yeah, love this game. Love this game. You know, Mansions of Madness is always a really high game on my list. Um, you know, it's funny. I don't really know why this isn't on my list, to be honest with you. I, it could have easily been even high on my list, I would say, because the system, I actually prefer the card system of this hmm. to the dice rolling right. in Mansions of Madness. It is just, and both feel very immersive. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know why this isn't on my list. This was a... Um, this was a miss for me. Uh, not not this game. I messed up. This should be on my list. <laughs> gotcha. Well, it's I'm not. My bad, help. Meeple Town. This would be number 51. <laughs> Make it number 51. Okay. So. <laughs> it's going to have to be now. <laughs> All right. My number 24 is a game that's brand new to the list. It is a solo-only game. Another, my second Garfield games that I am talking about today a Shem Phillips design, Sam Phillips art, legacy of mm. you. Mm. I am all about this game these you love days. This. And wow. I feel like I'm being very conservative putting it in this spot and not as like my number one game of all time wow. ever. Wow. Not that high. Not that high. <laughs> it doesn't really deserve that spot for me. But wow, this game is so much fun for a solo only game that I don't usually before this year, I was never looking for solo only games. And now I'm, I'm really digging some of these. I think they're a lot of fun. Legacy of you would be cool. This system to be in a multiplayer game, cooperative game, uh, potentially, 
but it's not. It's just solo, and I like it. The, here's what I like about it. It has some feels of Hadrian's Wall, where you're basically getting getting these resources, uh, meeples specifically, and and some other resources. But you're getting these meeples mostly, and you're using them to um, to unlock new locations for worker placement. You're using them to uh, battle off the barbarians that are coming. Uh, the theme of this basically is you're trying to build a canal. Um, so that you can divert the water from flooding everything. But if you lose, it's because the water flooded everything. And it's a it's not a legacy game, but it's a campaign game that you're trying to get through. If you win seven or lose seven, that will trigger the end of the game. And uh, right now, I'm still not quite through all the way through this, although I'm pretty close. Um that's it. Yeah. And, and new things happen. You unlock things. So if good, if you won, then bad things will happen. You'll get more barbarians in your deck or whatever, or different types of barbarians that are attacking you. You'll, if you lose, then you'll get a boost. Uh, and that can come in a lot of different ways, but it's just a really cool game. Again, in the vein of Hadrian's Wall, it feels most like that, even though they're very different games, very different. But if you like Hadrian's Wall, and you like playing that game solo, I think you're really going to like Legacy of You 2. They're, they're really close for me, by the way. I would say, you know, tomorrow, Hadrian's Wall might be higher on my list than than this one. But as it is right now, Legacy of You, my number 24, and I know that you have not played this one, but now yeah. I've sold you on it and you want to play it. Well, still, still not yet. Again, I like historically set games and I love Garfield games, but again, I feel like there's still so many solo games, big solo games that I want to play. Um, to get this one it's not it's not on that it's not a priority let's put it that way but but i'm glad you like it i know you and some of the others in the discord have been chatting this up here lately <laughs> so so that's cool very good all right so my number 24 now, i think i've sold some people on this game i think you have sure. yeah no question uh so my number 24 is not a solo game in fact it would be really weird if you tried to play it solo this is a trick-taking game that came out in 2020 it's actually a sequel uh, to a previous game uh, with a similar title. This is Tournament at Avalon. This was designed by Karen Baginski and Jody Baginski-Barbesi, who also did the art. Uh, Kenneth Shannon III also was a part of the designer of this, published by Wids Kids, three to six players, 45 minutes. Uh, and again, another deep cut. This is 2,363 overall. People don't know what they are missing. This is a follow-suit trick-taking game set in the world of King Arthur, and in my opinion, maybe the best King Arthur game because it actually has Arthur in it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you can actually play as Arthur. Who'd have thought? Uh, but you can, play crazy, <laughs> you can play as Arthur or one of the other many characters in the legend, and each character has its own special ability that you can use, as well as a companion uh, who has ability that will get triggered once your health gets down to a certain level, because yes, that's right. You're dealing damage in this game. This is like a tournament, a jousting kind of deal. And so, um, yeah, it's a tournament for goodness sake. You're going to deal some damage. So each trick that you play is a melee. It's a little brief battle. And so the cards that you're playing down are your weapons, like swords or axes or spears or lances, whatever. And so the lowest card will usually lose the melee and they take the trick. And so once the round is over, you're going to count up all of the value. You're going to count up the value of the cards that you've that you've taken, and all of that is damage to you. Everyone has a health counter, and so you're going to to move your little health counter down. And so when someone reaches zero, game over. 
There's also some poison cards you can play. There's some special cards that will change up the rules, like maybe this trick. Oh, now all of a sudden the highest card ends up taking all the damage. You've got some magic stuff in there. Uh, you can also faint, and that's when this you and someone else plays the same number of card. That means both of you are removed from being able to take that trick, which can be a very strategic move sometimes. Uh, sometimes if you have to play off suit, you're shamed. And so you have to discard that card and lose five health. And again, that too can be strategic. And then, so there's, there's lots of swinginess here, uh, lots of damage that can be done. There's lots of ganging up that can happen, but in between rounds, there's also catch up powers. If you are the, the lowest health, then you get extra bonuses and you can acquire these godsend cards, which are really cool, really thematic, really funny to the, to the world. It's almost, I mean, it's mean and it's silly. It's like if Monty Python and the Holy Grail had a trick-taking game, this would be it. I love this <laughs> game. Uh, I taught this to, to you and and Johnny Meepletown and um, our friend Jonathan uh, at PAX U a few years ago. And, uh, and I think y'all liked it. You still you still like this one? Enough to go pick it up. Yeah, I picked <laughs> both of these up. But not enough to bring it this weekend because I'm I'm intimidated to teach it. Oh, it's super easy. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. and I, I'm still, I, I actually might throw it in the bag. I just need to re, reread the rules. It's It's got some fiddly things from what I remember. Like and, it took a little bit of time to, to grab it. And I need games that I can teach quickly right. and easily. But yeah, this is a cool game. I like this one a lot. This is a great pick. Yep, yep, yep. It is. The, the rule book can be a little funny at first, just the way some things are laid out. But you do have to read through like two or three times. You're like, okay, okay, I got it. But uh, but yeah, it's, um, what's the expression? The juice is worth the squeeze, as they say. My number 24, Tournament at Avalon. Who says that? <laughs> that is the first time I've ever heard that. <laughs> they say that. They, the juice people. <laughs> the juice people say that. Tropicana says that. <laughs> <laughs> the juice is worth the, worth the squeeze. Yep. Make it okay. our slogan. All right. New tagline. Okay. All right. Mine number. That's good. That's going to stick with me. My number 23 is a game that I play at Thanksgiving time. (laughs) It's it's the only time that I can play it. It's it's not allowed any other time. This is one of the key games and that is key flower. It's the only key Mm -hmm. game that's on my list. This one's ranked 96 overall. Oh, uh, not that it really matters, but legacy of you, uh, hold on. Unmatched. 947 overall, although I'm sure some of the sets are higher. And Legacy of You is 228 overall. Um, The Keyflower, yeah, 96 overall. This one has an auction system where you are taking your meeples, putting them out on the tiles, on the edge of the tiles, on the edge of the hexes, so you can play up to six players. And wherever you're sitting at the table in comparison to where that side is that you put your meeple, you're going to bid on that. And then if I put one down, you might put two down later on, and then I can move my one to a different spot. You can also, and will also, put the meeples that you have onto the tiles because you're going to take the actions of those tiles. Now, if you are bidding on a tile, and I know, like, there's no way I'm going to be able to get this one, I can place the same color tile, same color meeple on that tile as you bid on, and then I'll get to take that action. But when you take the tile, you'll also get the meeples that are on top of it. And once it's in your village, if I put a meeple in your village on one of your tiles to take the action, you're going to get that. That's the part I really think is, there's a lot of things of of this I think is is cool. The auctioning piece is really neat. 
But that element of, I really want to be able to take this action, but I know if I do that I'm giving you meeples and that's going to give you more opportunity to do things in the future. Cool game, like it quite a bit, has similar feels to some of the other key games, although this one really just stands out as being the the top one for me that I've played. And I've not played all of them, but this is, it's just a fantastic game. Got all the expansion stuff for it, but you don't need it. The base game is totally fine. Keyflower, my number 23. I muted my microphone there. Forgot about that. (laughs) I have not played that one. Um, Don't really care for auction games. Don't know if I'll ever, if I'll ever get to it. That is a lie. (laughs) Bold face lie. No, it does sound the juice is worth <laughs> worth the squeeze on this one. <laughs> no, it's um, I've, I've never noticed or paid attention to to the theme and never really spoke to me. But again, hearing you talk about it though, I'd I'd play it. I kind of have an affinity for auction bidding games now, so <laughs> th- throw it on the pile. We'll play that one next time too. There we go. Um, I got the stack in the corner right now. There you go. Not talking about auction bidding games at all. My number twenty three is modern art. A 1992 game by the good doctor, Reiner Knizia. Of course, it's auction and bidding. Uh, But the one that I am talking about, this is going to be the Dice Tree version. There's many versions of this over the years. Um, By the way, the game is 210 overall. But the Dice Tree version specifically. This is an auction game, and I know Dean mentioned it in the very first episode as a game that almost made his list and probably should have. And I would concur, yes, it should have. It's at least the 23rd best game of all time. Again, you are buying and selling paintings, trying to make the most money. And on your turn, you're going to put a painting out for auction. And um, there's five different types of auctions that can happen in this game. You can have an open auction, and that's where uh, the people are bidding out loud in any order. So you just open it up and people start bidding. And if no one bids, then you, the auctioneer, get to keep the painting for free. Um, You can do a once-around auction where it just kind of goes Everyone gets one chance all the way around the the table to make a bid. And again, if no one bids, auctioneer gets it for free. There's a sealed auction, which even includes the auctioneer. You can take whatever money you want to bid, put it in your hand. Everybody holds their hand out and then reveals at the same time. There's also a fixed price auction where the auctioneer decides what the price is going to be. It can't be more than what they themselves have. And they open it up to see if anyone wants to bid on it. If nobody bids, auctioneer gets it for free. And there's also there's even a double auction where you put out one card that requires a uh, another card to be auctioned off with it, and then whatever the auction is on that card determines what type of auction it is. Because each of these paintings that you're putting out has a little icon at the top that tells you what kind of auction it requires. And so, so you're going around, you're going to bid on all the paintings, and whatever paintings you win, you put out in front of your your screen, which is hiding your money from everybody else. And then once the fifth painting from an artist comes out, the round ends, which then adds another level of depth and strategy as you're trying to time everything out, because you may not want to put that fifth painting out yet because you're trying to do something else. So there's lots of strategy that goes along with that. And then when the round ends, uh, you rank the artist by popularity on the main board, and then that will determine how much money they will be worth. Well, one, how much uh, payout you'll get for them that round, as well as how much they may be worth in future rounds. So again, it's bidding, it's bluffing. I love this kind of stuff. And this is one of the best versions of that. And this version has the best components by far. There's an actual wooden gavel that is the first player marker, which we really get into that when my family plays this. Soul, bang that gavel. (laughs) There's an actual little wooden easel that you can set your your art card up on. 
um, to display as you're auctioning. You can really get into the whole selling of the card if you want. There is an extra set of cards in this version. You know, the typical card deck is just modern art, hence the name. But this version comes with a Renaissance deck of Renaissance art, which is really beautiful. And of course, the piece de resistance is the gold coins, the gold and silver, whatever metal coins that come in this box with the good doctor's face on it. Uh, I absolutely love this game. It is one of the best auction buffing blitting games. I know you're a fan. It should have been on your list. Um, <laughs> I'm disappointed in you in more ways than one. The- <laughs> I would argue that the modern art of this game is not modern art. This is true. It's debatable, you know, <laughs> but art is in the eye of the beholder, Dean. Don't be telling people what they should think or believe. My number 23, modern art. Great game. Yep. You may have sold me just to throw this in my bag this weekend. <laughs> Who knows? We've had two Canizias in this game. That's pretty good. Yeah. And, or in this yeah. list, two Canizias. All right. We're going to keep moving on to my number 22. This is a newer release game that uh, came out in 2022. This is a Tim Eisner, Ben Eisner, Ian Moss, published by Druid City, Skybound Games. You know what this one is yet? Ranked 228 overall. Coming to you. You got it. You know what this is? I got no clue. Okay. Wonderland's War. Woohoo! Beautiful, beautiful production on this one. You, This is a bag building game and also area control game where, and, and uh, drafting, card drafting game and Rondell game. So all kinds of cool stuff that's going on. Drafting in the sense like I'm moving my character around the board during the tea party phase and I'm taking these cards to build up my army and, and help me in a lot of different various and sundry ways. They, uh, I'm trying to think of ways, ways to put your characters out onto the board, ways for you to, to um, upgrade your character. If I'm playing as Alice, then I'll get to upgrade that character. I'll get to also get other just general benefits from those cards. And then after that, you're going to look at the board and you are going to have a bag building. Oh, and taking tokens into your bag. Bag building uh, fight in for this territory. And it's cool how that works because it, it feels like a quacks where you are, um, you know, drawing your tiles out at the same time, deciding whether or not you are going to uh, keep doing that bust and that sort of thing and um yeah yeah it's a really uh just a a lovely a lovely game the system is just so fantastic i've introduced it to new people and it is a little bit of a bear to teach i would say yeah it is it is a bear to teach although the game itself is not super difficult you just have to there's a lot to to explain i imagine this game is going to continue to rise for me Hmm. i haven't played it in uh, probably about six months, but I, I, it's one of those that I just keep thinking about and I've, I've been wanting to play it. I just need to get to the table. Wonderland's War. The art is beautiful too. I didn't mention that. When I first saw this on Kickstarter, it was the the art and the miniatures and all, like just the pro- overall deluxe production that really intrigued me. I'm a sucker for Alice in Wonderland theme as well. But the reason why I didn't go in on this one was because I don't, to, to me, it didn't, it didn't feel, it looked like what I expected Alice to look like, but it didn't seem like the game would feel like what I expected an Alice game to look like. This sounded as if Blood Rage and Quacks had a baby 
and it came out sort of disformed, you know, like you're talking about all these different mechanisms. Uh, like my concern was how they would fit together. So, but you're saying it, you uh, know, what's really funny. What's that? I, I hadn't thought about this, but if you're, you're saying blood rage and quacks had a baby, uh-huh. quacks was my number 50, right? Mm-hmm. Blood rage has historically been my <laughs> number, number one. one game. That would be so funny. <laughs> and this one ends up at number 23, just off of that halfway mark. Right. I should have put this at 25, shouldn't I have? Just a few more spots, it. yeah. So Wonderland's close. War, my now number 25. <laughs> Actually, I'll keep it. I'll keep it there as my number 22. Yeah, put on the pile. Let's play you, this. You are, you're not wrong, by the way. It, it's not, it doesn't give you that feel of what you would... It, it's not an adventure game, which is might be what you would want right. in a Alice in Wonder game, Wonderland game. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you something else that is kind of an adventure game, but comes from a, a totally different way to get there, a way that I would not have expected. My number 22 is My Father's Work, a 2022 game. This is designed by T.C. Petty III. Several artists, the art and production is beautiful, published by Renegade Games. 716 overall, not too shabby. Two to four players, 180 minutes. This is an app-driven, worker placement, hand management, Euro storytelling game where you are a mad scientist playing through three different generations. Rounds, And so your workers are these miniatures and depending on whether they are the scientist or the spouse or a servant will determine where they can go on the board and what kind of actions they can take. And so you're moving them or placing them in various rooms in your house or various locations around town, trying to gain resources, you know, typical resources like bodies and uh, like human bodies and coffins or, or animal corpses, you know, all these types of things. You can complete experiments. You're also journaling. Um, which is like this little track on the left side of your board, which will help. It's, it's almost like uh, increasing your player stats as you journal. And you can also upgrade your estate uh, with with some room and building tiles, these little tiles that make your your lab, your house, your estate better, better, better powers and various things. So it has even like little bits of, of RPG feel to it. And all the while you're trying to do this without being too creepy, because if you're a creepy marker, uh, on the main board ever passes or ever crosses with the angry mob marker, then you, you can't go anywhere. You can't take any other actions, except you have to go to the church in town to become less creepy. I love that. And so at the end of the round, at the end of each generation, you're going to lose most of the stuff you've accrued, but there are some things like some of your experiments uh, and some of the, the knowledge that you've gained, you leave that behind for your heir to begin the next generation, the next round with. And so the, the, the app, again, it's app driven, but it, that primarily just gives you the story, the, the text of the game It will keep up with certain decisions that you and everyone else will make. And that will influence the story. There's like 24, I want, no, not 24. There's three different scenarios that you can play in the game, but each of them has various branching storylines. So it's not going to be the same, um, from game to game. It's like if mansions of madness were a Euro game, that's kind of how I would describe this set in almost like a Frankenstein kind of setting. Uh, the production is bonkers. It's got real metal coins and gears, glass bottles. The, the, the meeples of the animals and the coffins and stuff are painted. They're wood. They're solid. They're awesome. The game board is spiral bound, um, that you kind of flip through. And so the landscape of the town changes throughout the campaign of the game. It's excellent. 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 Have you played this one? No, no, I have not. It's, uh, I, I, yep. I think I would really, really enjoy this game. I just don't think I want to put in the work. 
to to play this game. The work. What do you mean? It's a lot of it's a lot of reading. It's a really long game, from what I've heard. I don't like reading. <laughs> I, do I like can't reading. read. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a really long game. It is long. If whenever I hear people explain it, I think, would I? Re- why would I rather play this than Abomination? Probably a bad comparison, even though the theme is is real similar. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm I would play this for sure because again, I think it's probably one that I would enjoy. It's just not one that I'm going bonkers over to go out and and try. If we were to ever have a whole day to play games in October, this would be a good one to to play. Some of the some of the reading is done for you. Ben Maddox uh, does a lot of the voiceover, but it's kind of weird. Like I'm mm. not sure why some things are read by Ben and then some things you have to read on your own. Like I never could figure out like quite why some of it's read, some of it's not. Um, but yeah, it does take a while. Uh, I can, I've not played abomination, but from, from my experience of this game, like what you're doing, even though it's Euroy, it feels as if you're the mad scientist doing the stuff that you would do if you were in this situation, leaving stuff behind that whole air part of the story that's involved in how things accumulate over the course of time is that man, it's so well done. Um, hmm. love it. Love it. Give it a shot if you can. Uh, and it's actually one of the one of the better rule books that Renegade has done. I'm not a fan of Renegade rule books by any means. This one's not terrible, so keep that in mind. <laughs> my number twenty two is my father's work, where the rule book is not <laughs> terrible. If that doesn't sell you, I don't know what will. Man, my my number twenty one is eighty three overall. A game that I get to the table a lot. A lot. Always. Um, I introduced this to my kids this year, and they both really like it too. Lords of Waterdeep came out in 2020, uh, 2012. I had been hoping that they would put out a new version of this. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't. I really don't know why. I just assumed that they would. Some of my cards are backwards, which makes it frustrating. Like the expansion cards okay. flip differently than the, than the other ones. Yeah. I don't know. It's, huh. it's not that big of a deal. But Lords of Waterdeep is a is a pure worker placement game. You're just going placing your workers out so you can complete quests. That's how you're going to get victory points, and that's how you're going to win the game. But there's lots of different ways to do that. You're going to get these um, cards that will give you resources and different things that you can do, and, and there is some take that with some of those cards. There is, although you don't necessarily have to play that way, and often we, if I'm playing with my wife, we don't do a lot of the take that stuff in this game. But the cool thing is you're building buildings. And if I build a building that is now a better version, a better way of getting wizards, for example, I go to the spot, I'll get two wizards instead of one or something like that. Well, if I own this building and you go there, I'm going to get a special payment for that. And so I love that aspect of building up kind of like uh, Kalis or Kalis 1303 which is, uh, again, one of my favorite games. I enjoy that one a lot too. And it is because you're building up these new worker placement spots and you get a benefit whenever people take those. That's that's a, a element of these type of games that I like quite a bit. Worker placement is maybe my favorite mechanism in games. And this mm-hmm. one's way up there for, for uh, this genre. Wow. Yeah. Still haven't played this one. I know it's a classic and people always talk about it, but still haven't, never had a that's chance. That's silly. <laughs> that's 
you shouldn't do a podcast on board games if you haven't played this game. I shouldn't. How gatekeepery is that? That's yeah. <laughs> Here's a secret. I've also never played Catan. So, you know, I'm not even sure I should even be here. You want me to leave now? You're not. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave now. <laughs> this is it. People tell them, I'm out. <laughs> no, not at all. You can play what you want, man. I don't care. Yeah. You're missing out by not playing with Lords of Waterdeep, which is my number 21. <laughs> I don't know. You're missing out if you've not played my number 21. You know, I've already talked about, I've got two Kinesias on this list. I've also got two Adam Kapinskis. This is also kind of my, my cinematic list, I think, with like my father's work before and now this one. This is a 2018 game that's basically Alien, the board game. This is Nemesis. Nemesis. <laughs> Can um, I say something real fast yes, before please. you start into this? Yeah. I was expecting a game by Adam Kwapinski and by Reiner Knizia. And I was like, that that can't exist, right? Oh, but I wish That's it would. Thing. That's got to be. If anyone out there is listening, that can make this happen. <laughs> make this happen. A Kwapinski-Knizia joint. That would be phenomenal. Right. Knizia was not in on it. <laughs> he was not. This is just a Kapinski. Uh, and Awaken Realms. They published it. This is uh, one to five players, 90 to 180 minutes. Number 19 overall. So, you know. The people love it. I'm, I'm almost on par with the people. This is a semi-co-op hand management dice rolling game where you wake up on the nemesis, this spaceship, just like in, in the movie Alien. Uh, and there's, But there's a dead body and the ship systems don't seem to be working right. And for whatever reason, you don't remember what rooms are on your ship. And so you have to go out and explore them. <laughs> and uh, so you have this character uh, with a special role and special abilities, again, almost like a little RPG kind of thing going on there. You have a, a deck of action cards in front of you, which you have to spin cards, to play cards, and also to take some basic actions like movement. And anytime you move through the corridors of the ship, you have to roll a die for noise. And if you generate too much noise, you have to draw an alien token from the bag. And so depending on what type of token you pull out, you will then place this really big and beautifully sculpted and quite frightening alien miniature in this space with you that you will have to deal with at some point in time. And um, so the combat system, which there is a lot of, uh, again, it's cards, you're playing cards to do combat and you're hoping for the best because these aliens don't play. And not only are you fighting off aliens, sometimes you're fighting off each other because at the beginning of the game, every player starts with two objective cards. And then uh, whenever the first alien shows up, everyone has to pick one of those objective cards to keep and get rid of the other one. And your objective may or may not conflict with the objective of your crew members. Your objective card may or may not involve killing one of your other crew members. And you will win if you can complete your objective and escape the ship and go into hypersleep and your ship makes it to earth. Assuming you don't have an alien growing in your chest, uh, because this does have that red plastic uh, scanning technology to see if you're infected. And uh, if you are game over, man. And um, <laughs> if you get eaten by an alien game over, man. And um, again, this is alien, the board game. This is very somatic. It's very fun. Um, I love those potential trader games. I need to do a stats of like how many of those I have on this list. This is just another one, you know? Semi-co-op games. We should do a list of that we now that, that you enjoy these type games and I do too. Nemesis is a phenomenal game. Yeah. Should, again, this is the second game today that really should be on my list. Wow. You're just disappointing just, people left and right. I haven't played it in years is mm. what it comes down to, but... Mm, oh. man i own this one too i would love to take this one this weekend but i 
I can't make that work. It's a lot. Yeah. And there's also Nemesis Lockdown, which I also own, but I haven't played yet. I'm looking forward to doing that one. And you know, there is the upcoming third installment of this Nemesis Retaliation, which will be coming to GameFound on Q4. So sometime here in the next three months. Um, Ooh, okay. Yep, I did yep. not know that. And I'm, yep. you know, this is one of those, I don't need to have everything on this one. Uh, just having the base game is plenty enough, yes, I think. And yes. so lockdown and then whatever comes in the future. Uh, I wouldn't mind having those without having all the extras. And there's always lots of extra. This is one of those games where you can get the base game and you'll be totally fine. But if you mm-hmm. love going big with all different types of terrain and monsters and various ways of playing, you've, you've got that too. So people have really tricked this one out too a whole lot yeah, yeah, in general. Have. So, yep. That is nemesis. My number 21. That's a great pick. And that is going to conclude this episode. I got to get out of here so I can go yeah, get packed do. up and, and go do some gaming this weekend. Um, next week we'll be coming back with the 21 through. <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> next week we're going to be coming back with the 20 through 11 games we're getting down there mm-hmm. to some excellent excellent games at least on my list and so oh mine are better we'll see no darren's garbage <laughs> darren's garbage list next week uh, although you had some good ones this week well mostly. thank you for your approval <laughs> all right if you want to get in touch with us you can connect with us through lots of different social media channels on instagram on facebook on twitter that's at mapletown games please reach out to us with more questions that aren't just when is John coming to do the top 10 list. That's I've gotten that one a lot lately. Actual questions that we're going to talk about and discuss on the show. We would love for you to um, connect with us on Discord. That seems to be where a lot of really good conversations happening. People posting pictures of games and paint jobs and just, you know, there's some nonsensical conversation in there too. Anything you want to be a part of, you are welcome to join us there. Connect with us that way through our board game geek guild number 3407 and until next time thanks for coming down to meeple town later so darren uh, i was thinking of D mm-hmm. because darren and Lords dean. of water deep was my number 21 oh, yeah that too darren and dean yes also we're, we're <laughs> people want us to do a D podcast rebranding the show right now you hear it first <laughs> <laughs> for Dean and Darren, not because we play D and D, but Darren and Dean is how I heard it. Oh, sorry, sorry, Darren and Dean. <laughs> or we could do it uh, alphabetical order, which you know is just <laughs> Dean and Darren. That's fine too. But D and D and D, you got mountains in D and D. Sometimes you're you know dwarfs in the mountains and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I would say mountains aren't just funny, but they're hilarious. That is not hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> that is the <da> dumb. <laughs> Google D and D dad jokes, and that's the first one oh that pops my gosh, up. That's awful. It's not even D and D like specific, but that's a good one. Yeah, and mountains D and D role playing. It's all the same thing.